And we're thinking this morning around the theme of honour. We're continuing to think about through uh, Corinthians and Romans about what it means to be church community together. And we're thinking particularly today about the subject of honour. Toby, can I borrow you for a second, please? I'm just going to just come here for a minute. Going to use this uh, lolly here to represent honour for the morning. Uh, So I'm going to honour you, Toby, and give you a lolly. Uh, But what I want to ask is don't eat it yet, okay? You're going to have to hold on to it for a bit. There'll be another purpose for it later. You can go sit down for now. Um, Because we are thinking about honour and why honour is important. And before we do that, we need to kind of understand what Paul is talking about in honour. We're going to have the reading in a minute. But before we do, uh, the reading is preceded uh, by Paul talking about love being genuine among us. He says, let love be genuine among you, uh, so that our, our honour flows from that place of love, that love is uh, kind of the self-sacrificial love. And when Paul is writing to the church in Rome, and he's talking about love among you being genuine, he is talking specifically to the church about how we love each other and honour each other within the church. So he's talking very specifically about that. This isn't so much about sort of how we love the world around us, although obviously we do, but it's specifically about how we love one another. And he's talking about a very uh, self-sacrificial kind of love, a very biblical understanding of love, which one of the best definitions I've come across is that love is a compassionate commitment to delight in the soul of another and to will that person's good ahead of your own no matter the cost to yourself. So it's this wonderful picture of self-sacrificial love and honour that Paul is getting at. We're going to think about that and how we honour others and how we need God's love to help us do that. So Toby, first thing I want you to do with that lolly, okay, is find somebody you know really well in this room and somebody you like and give them that lolly. Okay, someone you know really well, someone you like, and just give that lolly to them. Okay. There we go, Sam. Well done. All right, so Sam, hold on to it. Don't eat it yet. Just hold on to it. It's really easy to show honour to people we like and people we know very well, but we're going to think take later about how the kind of honour we're showing, talking about here, is very different. But for now, we're going to stand and sing this morning. Okay, so we're going to have our, our reading from Romans 12, which Phoebe's going to come and bring to us. Uh, now do to take a seat. Love what is sincere, hate what is evil, cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Honour one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervour, serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with God's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Brilliant. So, honour. Have some more honour here, okay? A little bit more honour. Abigail, you can come do this one. Uh, So we talked about uh, how honour flows from the love that we have received ourselves. We'll come to that more in a minute. So here's a little bit more honour. What I want you to do, Abigail, is just again find somebody you know well, somebody you like, and give them some honour. So pass the honour on to someone you know well, someone you like. Where's it going? Can't see... Okay, is that oh, okay? Brilliant. Evie's received some honour, so there's a bit of a generational change there, which is great. Uh, so uh, we do find it very easy to honour the people around us, but the kind of honour that Paul's talking about here is very, very different. Uh, so honour, when we hear it described, and the best definition of honour in the Bible is uh, to show great respect, 
regard, esteem, or value for somebody else. But when Paul talks about honour, in the NIV it said, uh, show honour to one another. But the more literal translation of the Greek says, outdo one another in showing honour. I think it's incredible, isn't it? Outdo one another in showing honour. How do we do that? What does it mean to outdo one another in showing honour? Well, what it means is is to desire others to be honoured more than you desire to be honoured yourself. To desire others to be honoured more than you desire to be honoured yourself. So Sam, and is it Evie who's got the other one? Uh, Could you please pass on the lollies to someone else? Because you don't want them for yourselves. You want to honour other people more than yourself. So pass on the lolly to someone else. It can be someone you know, someone you don't know. doesn't matter. Just pass it on so that somebody else is receiving honour more than you receive itself. Look at that. Amazing. Good. All right, so hold on to your honour for now. Uh, You have received your honour, and that's wonderful. But why does honour matter? Why is it important? Uh, Well, we'll we'll come to that in a minute, but we're going to stand now, and we're going to sing again. So if honour is showing respect, regard, and esteem to value others, and honouring, outdoing one one another... Uh, means desiring the honour of others above our own desire, uh, then we need to kind of understand why this is important, why it matters that we do this. Why did Paul put so much weight, not just here in Romans, but elsewhere as well, why did he put so much weight on the role of honour and loving one another well and that, lo- that honour flowing from that place of love? Well, partly it is for our witness, because although I said that doesn't really talk about how we love the world, what Jesus said and what Paul is alluding to here is that the- Jesus said, this is how the world will know you are my disciples by how you love one another so how we love one another here matters it shows uh, sort of what the difference that Jesus has made to our lives is it is part of our witness part of what we show to the world but it's also about our maturity in love as well because the aim of life and the aim of discipleship is to grow to maturity in the image and grow into the image of Jesus who is God who is love and so to grow to maturity in love That is the aim and the purpose and the function, the end goal of it all. Uh, As we hear in 1 Corinthians 13 a couple of weeks ago, uh, faith, hope and love remain, but the greatest of these is love. And love is the only one of those three things that will also be eternal, because when we are united with Jesus, we won't need faith, he'll be right in front of our faces. We won't need hope, because we'll be in the place of no tears, no pain, no hurt, but we love will remain for eternity. And so we grow into maturity in love. Uh, It's been sort of shown that as we do that in life, uh, we go through a number of stages in that maturity as Christians, as followers of Jesus. When we're born, we're born with a sense of a love of self for the sake of self. You can't really deny that. That's how we're born. We're born with a love of self for the sake of self. But then we come to an encounter, hopefully, with Jesus, and God transforms our lives, and we realize the love of God. And so what we do is we grow in love of God, but still for self. What that basically means is, isn't God great and look at all the wonderful things he's done for me? And isn't he lovely? And isn't this an amazing feeling being in the presence of God? And so we love God for self. But then we go to greater maturity and what we do is we end up loving God for the sake of God. What that basically means is when we go through life and we realise there are disappointments and life isn't all rosy and peachy and lovely, we recognise that God is faithful in spite of our circumstances. And so we don't just love God for ourselves, we love God for God's sake as well. We recognise he is good regardless of what is happening in the world. And then we grow to the fourth and final stage of maturity in love which hopefully we all reach at some point in our lives and 
will know in all its fullness when we are united with Jesus. And that is not only the ability to love God for, for God's sake, but also to love self for God as well. Uh, that's the greatest commandment, isn't it? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. It's when we're able to love ourselves and recognize the love we have received for ourselves that we're better equipped and better able to love those around us. So we go through those stages through life and honor flee through all of those things that you can't have genuine honor without genuine love. As we said at the beginning, you'll honor, honor, honor the people that it's easy to honor or the people who you think deserve honor unless you have supernatural love, unless you have the love that Paul talks about here and elsewhere. And he talks about what in 1 Corinthians 12, he talks about uh, how, our, uh, how we should show greater honor to those who are less honorable. Because here's the other thing about why it's important to show honor, is it is the way of Jesus. When you look at how Jesus lived and operated on this earth, how he hung out with those whom society had forgotten, and how he honored them for who they are, showing honor is the way of Jesus. So I have one more piece of honor here. Zoe, can I give you the piece of honor? The one we show is part of our worship, part of our adoration, part of our response to who Jesus is. So what I want you to do with your honor, Zoe, if it's okay, is just come and just put it on the altar for me here. Just come and place it on the altar. Because it is a part of our worship to show honour to one another as well. It flows from what Paul is already talking about at the beginning of Corinthians 12, which we spoke about uh, just now. The question is then, how do you do that? How do you show that kind of radical love that is completely self-sacrificial? How do you honour people more than you honour yourself? Well, the answer is, you can't. At least not on your own. Because that kind of love is absolutely outrageous and requires us to do more than we can do on our, by ourselves. It is so self-sacrificial. And the whole kind of concept of honouring people more than we want to be honoured goes so against who we are as people, doesn't it? It requires such humility and such grace and such favor of others, such love for others, that we're prepared to put their needs above our own. And we're in a church building where, where people gather together in a way like nowhere else, where, where you're with people that you, I mean, they say you can't choose your family, but you can choose your friends, all those kind of things. And actually, as a family, sometimes you're in a church, not necessarily this church, but you're in a church with people you might disagree with, who might have different opinions from you. How are you supposed to love them? You might be surrounded by people who have come to Christ, having had the most terrible of lives. How are we called to love them? Uh, all this thing just seems so difficult and so unattainable without God. Without the supernatural enablement of the presence of God in our lives, as we have Christ in us, God who is love is in us, and so we are able to grow in that love for other people. As Peter was saying a couple of weeks ago when looking at 1 Corinthians 13, it is supernatural love that Paul is describing in that chapter, and so it's only possible with supernatural empowerment. It's only possible with him, or as John Piper puts it, we cannot love and honour in the way that Paul calls us to without divine enablement. We just can't without him. 
Because it all flows from knowing the love that we have and having his love in us. It flows from what Paul is talking about in Romans 12, 1 and 2. That whole kind of thing of our whole lives being offered in worship. And what we want to do is we want to be able to outdo one another in honour. As much as we can as a church. That's how you create a culture of honour. Not just by honouring people, but by honouring people all the time and by outdoing one another in that honour. So when you receive honour from somebody else, how can you massively pay that forward? How can you pay, as they did with the lollies, how can you pay that forward to somebody else? Especially, how can you seek to pay it forward to somebody else who doesn't feel honoured? Who isn't normally honoured? Somebody who is weak or struggling. How can you honour them today? Not just honouring people for the things they do, because we've been talking about this in the context of spiritual gifts, but this is about honouring people for who they are in Christ. Honouring them for what God is doing in their lives. Let's seek to be a people who outdo one another in honour. By that we mean seek to honour others more than we desire to be honoured ourselves. And let us recognise it can only come and flow from the love and honour we have received ourselves from him. From the one who is love. We can't do it on our own. We need his strength. We need to be in his presence receiving that great love so that we can pass that great love on to others.